0: Welcome to the Birth Prep Podcast. I'm Taylor, and I am here to help you prepare your mind, body, and team to best support you during your birth experience. to the birth prep podcast today's episode is a replay from last week's birth prep power hour every single thursday i go live on tiktok for an hour at 1 p.m eastern standard time and answer all your birth prep questions we chat about pregnancy we chat about newborns all of the things if you're able to come live i would love to have you bring any questions concerns yucky thoughts fears whatever you've got going on bring it to birth prep power hour In today's episode, we talked about so many awesome topics and one of my TikTok friends hopped on there. She's having a baby. I will link her username in the show notes for you if you'd like to follow her. She's an amazing resource for all of my mamas, but most especially for my mamas of color. She does an amazing job teaching you how to get the care that you want and deserve. I'm so glad she popped in. I got some great takeaways from what she was sharing and I hope you do too. Speaking of, if you have any takeaways from today, I would love to hear them. You can post them in the Discord. And if you have any questions that come up after listening to this episode, pop them in the Discord too. I'd love to chat with you about it. The link for the Discord will be in the show notes for you guys. I'd love to have you in there. This is a community that I'm just starting. So for my founding members, there's a nice, awesome freebie in there from my shop. It's a product that I just absolutely adore. It's for all mamas and I hope you check it out. Okay, on to the juicy stuff. Let's go. Why is it red? Okay, now it's green. I think I'm live. (laughs) All right, let me get situated because I was not, I was prepared. I was just, it's been a day. My husband broke his toe the other day. So he's been out of commission and we lead a very equal household. And I am picking up his slack and it's been a lot. Holy cow. It's been a lot, but it's okay. It's all good stuff. But I've just been doing a lot of momming, (laughs) so the business is taking the back burner. Anyways, I'm here, I'm clean, (laughs) and I am so excited to get started with you guys. Let's see, I wanted to start off today, you guys can pop any questions that you have in the chat at any point, but I wanted to start off today by chatting about some common manipulation tactics in the birthplace in the birth industry. Um, Not that they happen all the time and not that they happen intentionally all the time. Um, Some of them are definitely unintentional just by the way they do things. I mean, these people are doing this job day in and day out and um, it can, you know, start to lose its humanness sometimes um, when these people are seeing, you know, several dozen patients a day delivering several dozen babies every week. It can start to lose that like connection with your, and I always say like the provider, patient partnership it should be a partnership not like um, it shouldn't it should be like a give and take kind of situation like a relationship and I think that's incredibly important to have with your provider but I understand that that is not the reality for most of us unfortunately. A lot of the times we're treated like a number um, especially when we're giving birth at like a big hospital especially if you have something like um, Medicaid or you know assistance like with you know insurance and all that stuff when slim pickens right? If you guys have any questions, feel free to drop them. Um, But I just wanted to chat about some common manipulation tactics. Um, First one, and I think this is a huge one, um, when they are telling you what you need to do instead of presenting it as an option. So when they start saying, hey, you have to have an induction, not, hey, we recommend an induction because of XYZ and Um, here's the facts, here's the risks, here's the benefits, here's the risks and benefits of staying pregnant as well. When they're giving you only one side of the story, it's very much like, Hey, I already made the decision for you. And that's that. And we don't like that because we want to make decisions together, right? A partner provider, um, a patient provider partnership. This is like a new term that I'm using. So I have to like practice it. There's a lot of P's. Um, and I do love alliteration, but, um, not when it's a tongue twister for me and a mess. Oh my gosh. Um, anyways, so I definitely, okay, wait, let me see. I've been to clinic today and they said I'm measuring small for 31 weeks. It's my first baby. Is that bad? Um, it's not necessarily bad. Um, it's normal to measure, different from the average, right? Did they do a fundal height measurement? Is that what they were measuring? Or did you have an ultrasound today? Um, And if you did do a fundal height, do you know the number? After about 24 weeks, your fundal height starts to match. So they measure in centimeters. um, And after about 24 weeks, it matches. Yes, it's 27. Okay. Yeah. So you should be around 31. Um, Did they... Did you ask for any additional testing? Are they calling for it? Like, are they going to check on baby with ultrasound? I'm assuming heart rate was probably, um, did they, did you ask for any additional testing? Are they calling for it? Like, are they going to check on baby with ultrasound? I'm assuming heart rate was probably fine. I'm assuming you're feeling movements and stuff like that. Um, it is normal for babies to measure on the smaller side. It It doesn't necessarily mean that there's a problem, but it is something to be curious about, right? Um, Yeah. So after 24 weeks, your fundal height will usually match the number of weeks that you are. Um, so if you're 31 weeks and that's the thing, due dates can be off too. Um, due dates can, even if you have your menstrual period, even if you have the day you conceived the 40 weeks is like measured off of a typical 28 day cycle when you ovulate on day 14. So heart rate's normal and I'm feeling movement. Perfect. Awesome. So unless they seemed super concerned about it, which probably they didn't, if you, you know. If they weren't like immediately ordering an ultrasound or something like that it's probably a normal variation of the situation um and again your due date can totally be off up to two weeks even if you have those dates in the beginning perfectly spot on Um, so you could be just measuring a little behind and that might just mean baby needs a little bit longer to cook Um, at the end also said my muscles are tense okay um so what can you do this week to relax your body and to not feel so tense. Sometimes we are, is there anything that's like stressing you out? Is there anything that you have a like fear of or anything like that? Sometimes we can hold um, that in our body and our body is tense without us even knowing it. Um, that's just how our body carries it. So, um, and that kind of, you know, it can't affect baby in like a huge way, but it definitely, you know, baby can feel that going on in your body too. Um, so is there anything that you can first of all is there anything that you need to let go of like fear wise stress wise etc um, and then is there anything even really emotional okay is there some big stuff going on maybe um even if it's not big stuff even if it's just day to day like you know stuff can just be upsetting and all that I have a dog having puppies I don't know what that means I don't have a dog and I definitely don't need any puppies. (laughs) So I love these live streams. You never know what you're going to get. Anyways. Um, yeah, we've been really emotional. What can you do this week to be kind to yourself? There are, um, do some affirmations. We can do some journaling. We can do something that you enjoy some self care. I don't know what that looks like for you. Um, even like, my worries basically are me not being to do anything that I normally would. I mean, once baby gets here, like life's going to change, or we're getting big and uncomfortable during pregnancy and we can't keep up with our lifestyle. Um, those are all very valid reasons to be upset and emotional and all the things. Um, but you do want to start working through that because we don't want to carry that for, you know, forever. You know, it's okay to carry things for a little while and feel the feelings and all the things. Um, but you do want to start unpacking that. For yourself and obviously for your baby too Um, I'm sorry you're going through that yeah I would pick something that you think would be nice to do this week for yourself whatever that looks like for you just really be just something that you can do as a kindness to yourself even to your future self Um, something I really like to do which is not normally considered like a you know, self-care. I like to clean my desk (laughs) when I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed or whatever. I spend a lot of time at my desk. So cleaning up my space, like, get, like, visibly, like, takes a load off of me. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, so maybe you can clean up one of your spaces that you spend a lot of time in. Maybe you can do your, maybe you can't reach your toes. I don't know. (laughs) You can do your toes, do your nails, whatever. Um, I clean and I feel good. Yeah, cleaning, cleaning does feel nice. It's therapeutic to do it. And then once it, you have that clean space, it's like, oh, very nice. Um, going t- for Tolac V-Back. That's exciting. 35-2 to today. Okay. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. Are you confident in the plan? Do you have a good plan? Or is your doctor on board? every i'm assuming your doctor's on board if that's what you're going for um your doctor is prepared to facilitate that for you or at least attempt to i know a lot of people it's a i really appreciate oh absolutely girl is there anything else that you need does that maybe help a little bit i know the you know i'm sure baby measuring small isn't helping the stress levels or the emotion levels either um but Something to educate yourself on. Look at more, even if you wanted to get a second opinion, if you wanted to get additional testing, anything that's going to ease your mind and give you the answers that you need. Helps a lot. Good. Oh, good. I'm glad. If you guys have any questions, drop them in here. I'm going to keep chatting about... And midwife is amazing, totally on board and rooting for me. Oh, yay. I love that. I'm rooting for you too, girl. That is so exciting. I hope you have the most amazing birth experience this time. And after, which I'm assuming, was your first, was your C-section a, um, an emergency one or were you planning on it? Because usually, not that planned ones aren't traumatic in their own way, but usually when it's an emergency situation, it can leave a lot of birth trauma. And I'm hoping that you have a very redemptive birth experience, a very healing birth experience this time. Um that's what like when my, I had never had a C-section, but I had some very traumatic birth experiences and, um, and having, having a birth that I felt like I was in control over and I felt super supported on was amazing. It was out of this world. And I hope that you get to experience that. <sighs> um, let's see, I should have listed out these cause I don't know what i've already said about the manipulation tactics urgency section i did go through a birth debriefing with a doula yes great that's awesome i love that yeah that is i have like a debrief like journal that i have for for that because it's so important to hold space for that story to grieve the situation that you thought you were going to get but didn't get um this is such important work i'm so proud of you um, this, I, oh man, I can't, if you, you know, if you remember, come back and tell me how it went. Cause I am so excited for you. That is it. I'm going to get, I'm I'm emotional all the time. I'm going to cry about it. Um, babies just, whew, babies and birth, the man, they, they get me every time. You guys have any other questions? I am going to see, let's see. Let's see i opened up some this is like what i do with my one-on-one clients is like coach them we sit on zoom obviously we talk back and forth um but i just opened up a few slots for group birth prep coaching because i'm saying the same things to everybody for the most part you know we're doing the mindset stuff we're doing you know talking about the same kind of things everyone's obviously on their own journey but it's the same kind of stuff and um i'm able to offer group coaching at a much cheaper price and you guys can, you know, pop in for a month and leave or you guys can stay the whole pregnancy. It's like a subscription based thing. Um, and you get a weekly call on Zoom with me every single week and you get your group that's no more than 10 ladies. I'm going to keep them small so you guys still get that one to one time with me and you're also going to get a private Discord channel too for your group so we can chat in there throughout the week and I'm, I'm so excited for it. Um, so I just, I think I just put that up yesterday. I, my friend made me stay up late one night and finish it. (laughs) I was like, kept putting it off and I like, didn't know how to do the tech stuff for it, but I figured it out and it's great. And it's up there. Um, and I'm so excited for it. I'm going to start those next week. I mean, nobody's in it yet, but I am looking forward to it. So if you join soon, you're probably going to be the only person there. And it's going to be very one-on-one for a little bit, (laughs) maybe not for long, but we'll see. If you guys have any questions for me or anything you wanna chat about, any fears that you have surrounding your birth experience is a huge one. Um, I was talking to uh, a client the other day and she is kinda, she's feeling like she only has a couple options cause she's, you know, her placenta is, she's towards the very end, and her placenta is um, calcifying early, earlier than it's supposed to, and it's looking like she's probably gonna be recommended an induction um and she just does not she had a very bad experience last time we've been digging through all that working through you know healing all of that stuff and she is just uh she's just upset she's like i don't know if a c-section would be a better choice for me and all. i'm like you know there's lots of things to consider here we're gonna put you know do some pros and cons for all the options. I said, we can just watch and wait and get like uh, additional testing and things like that. I said, you have options. I said, you just need to figure out which is the best one for you and your baby. let's see what we see. I'm scared of tearing. I have a whole podcast on everything that I do not to tear. It's a whole episode. It's five tips not to tear. Yes. Stay off your back. Let gravity do its thing. Um, waiting for the urge to push, not somebody telling you, Oh, you're 10 centimeters. Let's push now. No, your body will tell you when it's time to push in 99.9% of the, the time. Um, what else? Oh, no coach pushing. No one like telling you to hold your breath and count to 10. No, mm you do what you need to do. You breathe during that. You don't like purple pushing. Like when you're mm, no, no, mm, no, um, tell your providers to keep their freaking hands away from that opening, let baby do what it. And he's obviously, if there's some interventions needed, that's a different story, but a lot of providers are just sticking and just in a normal total, totally fine. Like leave that, leave, leave that baby alone. Oh my gosh. Hmm. There's lots of things you can do to not tear. And unfortunately, when we give birth at a hospital, on our back, legs in the air, providers got fingers up everywhere, we're being coached, being told when to push, how to push, all the things, and our body knows what to do. And um, there's this also such thing as fetal ejection response, F-E-R, if you wanna look it up. Um, and it's basically when your body gets to the point where it basically just like shoots baby out. <laughs> and it's amazing. I've never really experienced that. I've put, I've pushed for all my, um, experiences, but I definitely wait till I get to the point where my body has been pushing and then I'm like, all right, let's do this thing. Actually my last one, I don't, I don't remember like consciously pushing. Um, yeah, I don't remember. It's, it's hazy. It was the last 30 minutes were pretty intense, but, um, just such an amazing experience. Very amazing experience. I don't really remember the pushing part. I know baby took about three, really two contractions, but my husband was catching baby and he didn't know that he, once like the body was born, like he could just basically pull at that point. So we waited for a third contraction and I pushed her out instead of him pulling. Um, Next time he'll do it differently and better. Hey baby, what's going on? You're supposed to be sleeping during this. Speaking of, she's like, you're talking about me. You guys have any questions? Pop them in the chat for me. Hi. <laughs> We're going shopping right after this. And I cannot wait. Oh. Whew. Let's see. Let's talk about another manipulation tactic really quick. Um, definitely, I think we already talked about asking or telling instead of asking. What else? Um, yeah, only offering one side of the, of the story, right? They're only going to say, what are you doing? You didn't puke, did you? Hmm? You're so Am I back? No. Can you guys see me? Can you hear me? Gosh darn it. <laughs> okay, it's green again. Am I back? Yes. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, I got a phone call. Stay away, spammers like so annoyed. Um, anyways, where was I going with that? I don't remember what I was even talking about. Manipula- oh, manipulation tactics. Okay. Here's something that happened to me when I had my second baby. We did an ultrasound towards the end, um, which I don't usually opt for anymore unless there's a reason that I need it or want it. Um, hi baby. You're so cute. Um, and we did an ultrasound towards the end and they were like, oh, this baby's going to be so huge. This baby's going to be well over 10 pounds, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know if they were lying to me or not, but looking back, it just seemed very like, really fast forward. I, I, she's like, you know, we're probably going to just do a C-section for you. And I was like, "Mm, we're probably definitely not going to do a C-section for me. (laughs) Like if it gets to that point, like in this emergency situation, we'll cross that bridge. But I'm like, let's just attempt vaginal. Like Your blast baby was so big. She was, she was my biggest baby, nine pounds, three ounces. And you know, whatever. I'm like, I don't believe my body is going to make a baby that's too big to birth. I, you don't have to believe what I believe, but I believe that my body was beautifully designed by God to birth babies. I believe that with my whole heart. And you know. I'm like, my, my body's not, unless like, like gestational diabetes, like uncontrolled and all that stuff like that, that would be like the only reason I think that a, hang on, there you go, you need to finish that, there you go, perfect, okay, sorry, um, yeah, that's right, yes, (laughs) so, oh, she did puke on me, didn't she, whatever, um, (laughs) uh, yeah. So I, you know, go through this whole thing and this is with my second baby. So I didn't really have a lot of birth prep information quite yet. I was just going off of my last experience and they were just telling me, you know, we need a C-section and they were like, okay, well we'll do an induction then. So I think, I think they come in with the C-section and they're like, okay. Cause they really want you to do an induction. And my provider literally went on vacation the next week. And I think that she just, cause if she wasn't at my birth, she wasn't going to get paid for my birth. And I just have a hunch, do I know this for sure? No, I don't, but I do have a hunch that I was definitely manipulated into a induction. So, and you know what? She sat there and basically told me that my baby was gonna die if I didn't do it. And that is a red freaking flag. If somebody's telling you, your baby's gonna die. And guess what? Your baby can die from an induction too. Did you know that that's a risk? Did she tell me that at any point? No, she just told me that the she just told me the risks of staying pregnant and didn't want to say anything about the risks of the induction methods or anything like that. I'm trying to prep for birth. I'm currently 34 weeks. Love your content. Ah, thanks, girl. Congratulations. Is this your first baby? And do you have any questions? They say anything to scare you. They really do. I swear. Oh. You know what? And I get it. They're dealing with this day in and day out. And I know it's not always intentional to scare the mamas, but it's like language is so important. I'm like, guys, let's, let's rein it in. Let's remember that these are human beings. Most of the time, very scared human beings, especially if you're a first time mom, you've never done this before. And somebody's sitting there telling you, if you stay pregnant for longer than 39 weeks, you're going to kill your baby. Oh, absolutely not. So if they're only giving you one side of the story or whatever, get very curious. Very, very curious. The most important question you can keep in your toolbox is the question why? It's literally one tiny little word. Why? We need to do an induction. Why? Because baby's too big. Why? Why is baby too big? Why are you assuming that baby's too big? This is my first baby, it's a boy, and what can I start doing now? Um, what have you done so far? How, okay, what do you have? Let's see. Do you have a birth plan? That would be my first recommendation is getting a birth plan set up, talking to your provider about it immediately. Don't wait till like the last week. Start having those conversations now. Um, Just say, hey, here's what I'm aiming for. Um, You can chat with them about their standard of care at that point too, how they typically go about things. Um, The truth is every provider already has a birth plan for you. Um, So, you know, that's something to keep in mind, say, Hey, uh, I know you do things a certain way. Here's what I'm trying to do. How, how different, (laughs) where's the, what's the difference, right? Um, so kind of just doing that. I have a free birth plan guide up in the link in my bio if you guys need that. Um, there's a couple other free goodies in there too, under birth prep freebies. There's like five little gifts in there. If you guys want to grab those, they'll go straight to your inbox. Um, when I started off this pregnancy, it was scary. They told me at the hospital I had a miscarriage. I cried, I ended up private and took an ultrasound and baby was fine, holy cow. I've heard of that happening and I've heard people go in for DNCs and baby being totally fine, but they had like already grieved that baby, already totally, you know, whatever. No birth plan, when I try to ask about birth, she just says we'll talk about it when the time comes. Ooh, no, 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 you say the time is now. The time is now. That's a red flag. Um. Which it totally can just be how they do things. But I I would say if they're not willing to talk to you, if you're pushing about talking about it, um, then that is a that's a red flag because um, you should be able to have that conversation at any point. I recommend having that conversation before you ever hire a provider because you want to know how off base there's like, you know, my original providers, they would never be able to facilitate the kind of birth that I have now. They would never, it's just not possible with them. It's just not how they do things and that's totally fine. They serve a purpose and they serve a different type of birth. It's just not the one for me. And they would not be able to facilitate that. And I need to know that prior to hiring them and you know, going through the whole birth process, you don't want to talk about that till the last week. What if you're not the provider for me? What am I supposed to do at that point? You can fire your provider at any point. It's not trying to scare you or anything like that. You can literally fire your provider like when your baby's coming out of vagina. but I think it's important to know as soon as possible. That way you can make informed decisions and say, hey, maybe you're not the one for me. Maybe I need to look elsewhere. Or maybe you're stuck with that provider and maybe we need to set some boundaries and say, hey, this is what I'm aiming for and blah, blah, blah. Um, That scared me so bad. I remained private until three weeks ago. Yeah, that's scary. That's a big, that's a big thing. Especially being told like your baby had passed and all that. That's a, that's a lot. I am so glad baby's okay. I, um hey girl somebody's having a meltdown upstairs one of my kiddos is upset it's probably the one that barely slept last night if i put if i would bet money on it they all sound the same to me sometimes and all the children especially like when they're upset or yelling or something um okay yeah get the birth plan done the birth plan guide that's in there is just all the decisions that need to be made surrounding a typical birth experience so it kind of lays out what kind of things you need to make decisions about when i had my first few babies i didn't know um i didn't know some of the decisions that needed to be made and they were absolutely made for me i didn't know i had options they they would tell me you know we're gonna do this and I was like, oh, that must just be required to have a baby. Like, I didn't know any different. I literally didn't know. So that birth plan guide also includes all the decisions that are usually made for you um, so that you can make an informed decision for you and your baby. Um, it kind of talks a little bit in the beginning about how to make a decision, like decision-making process, like, hey, we need to figure out the decision that needs to be made. We need to figure out all the different options that are available to us, depending on our location, you know, our birthplace, um, our provider, Uh, what they have available to you what you're willing and able to pay out of pocket for what insurance covers like you need to sit down and figure out all the different options that are available to you and then you need to weigh the risks versus the benefits of every single option apply it to your specific situation and make a decision that you feel really good about And then, you know, if you get more information as pregnancy moves on, and I think that's why providers wait because they're like, we need all this test information and we need all this. But like, if you get more information, then you just make a different decision (laughs) if you need to. Right. And while you're doing this work throughout these last few weeks of your pregnancy, you're going to gain so much information to in the moment when you're in that birth space and things don't go according to your plan. You're going to be able to make a different informed decision in the moment because you already have all that information that you need and people don't do that work. And it's so important in my opinion, because if you are faced with something like, Hey, XYZ is happening. If you don't know anything about XYZ and they're saying, this is the best option, they're making that decision for you. You're blindly saying, okay, yeah, that is the best option. You're telling me, I mean, obviously we want to trust our providers to a certain extent, but we also want to make sure that we have all the information we need to make an informed decision. Um, that's why a lot of people say like birth plans are pointless. I'm like, how are they pointless? How? You're going to sit down and do that work. That work is priceless, honey. He said, yeah, your birth plan could totally go out the window that day. But you're prepared for that um yeah she's been great so far i haven't had any issues with my pregnancy at all but i have questions yeah um it scared me so bad i don't think i missed anything did i miss anything if i did pop it back in the chat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah i would definitely start with the birth plan and informing yourself on that kind of stuff what question you have questions for me I'm assuming you're probably typing. I wish they let you type more. Well, I don't know. It's a yes or yes and no. It's a good chat though. It's one thirty. I let's see. Where's my? Oh God, Lord. My children were at my desk today, and I can totally tell. I <laughs> there's tape on all these beads. <laughs> they are insane. I love them so much. Anyways it's not letting you write longer messages. Yeah, no, I know. It lets you write like two lines and that's it. Um, that's another reason why I'm doing a group birth prep coaching thing. (laughs) Hello. Hi. I just came to stop by. Hello. How are you? I hope you're doing well today. Um, so what can I do to start prepping for all natural? Yeah, definitely start with a birth plan. Um, Start looking at different stories. I'm assuming you're giving birth at a hospital. Yes, not at home, maybe birth center, Um, but probably a hospital, right? Um, That is, it's gonna be, I'm not, I don't wanna say it's gonna be tough because you can have, I want to do most of it at home. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely recommend staying at home as long as possible. They say the first intervention is leaving your house and that doesn't mean you can't have your beautiful amazing birth in a hospital it just means leaving your house does something to you like it you know you leave your safe space it does something in your body we were talking about that earlier how your body can without you even knowing but subconsciously your body knows that it's going to an a less safe place i guess i should say um <clears throat> So I do, if you're having baby at the hospital, I definitely recommend staying at home as long as possible because it's gonna keep you in your safe space and keep your body doing what it needs to be doing to get baby where they need to come, right to your beautiful arms. (laughs) I wanna do most of it at home and just go to the hospital to get baby out. It's only six minutes away, perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yes, I would have a chat with what that looks like with your provider. Say, hey, this is my goal. And kind of just start to educate yourself on what you like when you need to go to the hospital. If you're waiting till the last minute, I would also very much have a plan in place just in case baby makes their appearance at home. I would get educated on that, what you need to do. Um, Usually you're going to call 911, you're going to get some towels warmed up for, you know, baby for regulating. Here you go. You're gonna to wanna to do immediate skin-to-skin to regulate baby's temperature. You can add the warm towels and stuff. Um, but just getting, ed- just just worst case scenario, obviously, we um, we wanna do that. But I think that, oh my gosh, sorry, my I'm meeting my husband's grandma, my grandmother-in-law. Is that a thing? Is that how you say that? I'm meeting her right after this call. She's like, can you call me? No, I cannot, I'm on a call. I told you I was on a call. Anyways, uh, yeah. So have a, just have that plan in place. I saw a great, I think my friend sent it to me, actually a great TikTok on like how to prep for that, just in case what happened, like what it, what that looks like. It's not a problem, but you're definitely, you, you know, it's something you'll have to navigate and something that you want to be prepared to navigate just in case, especially if you're waiting till the last minute, um, to go to the hospital. And if it's your first baby, you'll probably still spend a little while at the hospital, even when you get to the point where you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta go. Um, but the very most important thing for a natural birth, in my personal opinion, other than educating yourself, is your mindset and just being like mentally prepared for the possible pain that you're going to experience for, um, all kinds of stuff like that. And I'll tell you, uh, I'll give you some tips for that. Come here, little baby come here little baby bean. Um, I have a mindset journal, which has some of my favorite mindset tips and tricks in there. Um, birth affirmations. Those are great too. just keep telling yourself, Hey, I was made for this. I know exactly what to do. These contractions are getting me closer to my baby. Um, I've been reading a lot. I just hate how providers want to push all these things. Yeah. I hate it too. That's why I do what I do. Because it's a really messed up industry and I think it's totally stacked against us and it serves the providers and not us. And it's messed up and it doesn't have to be that way. And when I say I, I mean, I'm going to just assume and just, I would bet money that my initial providers that I had in the hospital with my kids, my first three kids, they have never witnessed a physiological natural birth experience. I would, I would literally bet money on it because their view of birth is so medicalized and so we have to do this 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 and this to have a baby no you don't we were born with everything we need to have a baby literally our bodies were made for it. Like, do bad things still happen sometimes and some variations and all that? Like, of course. Absolutely. Just like in nature. Like, some babies, you know, don't make it. Some babies, ha- like, some mamas have struggles. Some, you know, all the things. And it's interventions serve a beautiful purpose when used correctly. But they are definitely overused. And the whole, oh, the whole 39-week induction frenzy that is going on in today. Oh, man. It just drives me nuts. I, there's, hmm. i yeah, I won't go on a whole tangent. (laughs) I hate the industry. I just think it's I just think it's it sets you up for failure. It sets you up for a terrible postpartum experience. Because most women are leaving with birth trauma, which absolutely carries into your motherhood experience. A lot of people are becoming mothers in the most traumatic way. Some a lot becoming mothers on the operating table. And it's just messed up. In my personal opinion. So educating yourself on everything, reading a lot. Like I love that. It's so important because then you can say, Hey, I need to advocate for myself. I know it's painful, but I'll be okay. And it will all be worth it. Absolutely. And what if it's not painful? What if it doesn't have to be painful? That's not something that's talked about enough. I had with this sweet little angel, my birth experience was pain-free. Was it intense at times? Yeah, but it was literally pain-free. I think I had mm, two contractions that, like, I would say actually hurt. And that's a possibility. If it's possible for me, it's possible for you. I had a terrible, awful t- birth... Um, why they push for... What is the actual usual excuse for why they push for early inductions? They're basing this off of the ARRIVE trial, which if you don't know about that, you should educate yourself on it. Um, where they took a handful of first time mothers and they, in, um, they basically had them, they induced them at 39 weeks. Everyone's body is different. Yes. Everyone's body is different and every single pregnancy is different as well. Um, and that's something really to consider when they're when they're doing cookie cutter situations like this, and not individualized care. It's a problem because we're individuals, and we should all be treated as such, not like a okay. Here's a number. This is number blah 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 of the day. Here's what they need today because they're this many weeks pregnant, and they just move them down the assembly line and just keep going. And then you get to the birth, and it's the same freaking thing. And it just makes me sick. It makes me sick. I was a victim of it, and so many of us are victims of it. Right. And that's why I'm so passionate about this work because I know how different it can be and I know how different it should be. And I know that things like this, like me being on the internet and even just like someone scrolling across a video and they're like, just, oh wow, it doesn't have to be the way I think it has to be, right? Nobody told me that. I had my first baby and um, just went in with the belief that birth was definitely going to suck and if i was like one of god's favorites like then it was gonna be good but like it's just very rare and only a few people experience it like that and they're born that way right that was my total belief of birth and i went into my birth experience had a very traumatic very terrible awful experience and literally after i had that baby my first thought was oh my god how am i gonna have more babies i wanted a lot of babies i was like how am i gonna how am i gonna do this again It was awful. And I started that day and I was like, hey girl. She's having a baby. I don't know. I used to know your real name. Why do I not know your name? I know you. (gasps) Fran, how insane was the video? I posted insane. Okay, wait. I don't know which one. Okay. With the kicking the ball? Is that what you're talking about? I talked to my friend about that last night I was like what the actual girl girl I don't know what's going on in the birth industry but I don't like it (laughs) I for real I was like my face when I saw that I was like is this real is this real life and then he kept kicking and then she was like oh I was like what girl I'm done I'm done um yeah that was that was very interesting that's something i'm gonna have to talk about more because that's just insane i'm excited for birth but i have been so sick my whole pregnancy nausea vomiting and i'm just thinking how that is going to play during birth the doctor needs a birth coach <laughs> yes ma'am <laughs> agreed um maybe doctor needs a little kick in the butt you know um thinking about how that's going to play during birth okay It is a common occurrence. Even if you don't experience nausea throughout your pregnancy, it is a common occurrence to be nauseous and to feel ill during your birth experience. Um, But that does not mean that it is guaranteed. And you experiencing that during your pregnancy does not mean your birth will look like that either. So I would really lean into the possibility of what if it does happen? What if I am sick during my birth experience? Or what if, my birth experience, I feel so good. And it's like an amazing experience. I would lean into both of those and I would figure out what that looks like. So you can prepare yourself. Hey, if this is going to happen, how am I going to handle it? Right. Answer the questions. Yes. Medication for you. There's lots of different options. Yeah, exactly. So prepare yourself. What's, what would you do in that situation? If you show up and it's unbearable and you're throwing up and all the things, what's the game plan, get a game plan. So you're not just like, oh, well, what, you know, what's going to happen um, your brain needs answers and you're not giving it answers. So your brain is going to go, well, what if, and it's going to go on a whole little rabbit trail. I like to say, answer the what ifs because it's like shedding light on the subject. I always compare it to when one of my kids is scared and you know, I hear the monitor and they're freaking out and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And like something bad happened. They're hurt, blah, 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 whatever. And I bust in the room and they're like, I'm so scared. And like, we flick on the lights and it's like a pile of stuffed animals. Right. And they were so terrified. But then as soon as they saw it, they were like, Oh, It's just stuffed animals. No big deal. So you need to turn on the lights. You need to give yourself some answers. You need to see what the possibilities are and say, hey, brain, this is what we're going to do. No big deal. If this is the experience, might it suck? Maybe. But we're prepared. Our partner is prepared. Everyone is prepared to handle it. Everyone can advocate for me. Blah, blah, blah. All the things. Yeah, you can tell her what you did. Yes. You want to hop on here? How do I do that? Invite. You did it. You are amazing You did it. Oh, I can barely hear you. Let's
1: turn. Oh, let me turn it up. Also, my phone. No, I got you, girl. I mine's super low. Okay. Um, if if i if you hear laughing in the background i'm sorry we're we're playing with water and flower hunting me and my my kids (laughs) um so the person says uh they were talking about i'm excited for birth but i've been so sick my whole pregnancy nausea vomiting and i'm thinking how is that going to play during birth so um i don't know if you're giving birth at the hospital so i'll just just let's just for assumption just assume that you are um I made a plan with my doctor about my nausea. So she was able to put that in my chart um, for me. So I wasn't like having to talk to the nurses, having to like, it was already decided. So she approved chicken broth and mashed potatoes that mm-hmm. if my labor went over a certain amount of time, everyone could just leave me alone and let me eat. My mashed potatoes and my chicken broth. That way, the hospital was happy, and because that's what they care about. They don't want you to have a C-section or an emergency C-section, and then you've eaten all this food, um, and then you're going into major surgery. But like, if you know you're very nauseous, you already know that, and your doctor already knows that. They can literally put that in your chart, and they can call the charge nurse before you get there and be like, "Hey, but this is like this is approved. They are allowed to have." these food items um, sit to them, but typically most hospitals nowadays don't even have the food people deliver at labor and delivery. So like, it's just easier if you kind of talk to them beforehand. Also oyster crackers, sucking on an oyster cracker, it has that salt. It's very easy going down. Um, That was a lifesaver. Hopefully that helps you. Those are great ideas, I love that.
0: Thank you for yeah. sharing.
1: No, thank you. I love your face and I want to stop Oh hey my gosh,
0: God. I just love you. I can't <laughs> wait to do a podcast with you so we can talk on Zoom. I know. I I know. I'm, I'm getting it all behind the scenes in order. I'm a hot
1: mess over here. No, you're amazing. Um, uh, and- you are too. I love you. <laughs> yeah. And, and Allison, like I hope that's how you say your name, Allison. Allison, I think you're going to be fine. Um, and I'm only saying that because you know now that you're worried about it and you can have that discussion with your doctor now also i don't know i don't want to put my insecurities onto you i'm not trying to do that but when i don't feel well it makes me very anxious so one thing i also did that you might want to do too is like actually drive to the hospital with your support person or your whoever's going to take you drive to the hospital get out of the car like go to the front desk if they allow you to like be like, ask, like, what floor is labor delivery Like, kind of get yourself familiar, because then it doesn't just feel so overwhelming, especially if it's your first baby. You just have so much adrenaline, and plus, if you feel sick, it could just make you feel even more nauseous, like the nerves. So, like, if you can, I would call the hospital ahead of time. And just be like, "Hey, I'm just trying to familiarize myself. Like, do I go th- like the hospital I had my first birth? I had it. A- you can only go through the ER doors. So, like, so- women get lost all the time because they're like, "I can't get in," and they're like, "You have to go through the ER." Yes, do through- a tour.
0: Do a yeah. tour before you, you go.
1: To- like, do a tour. Call Call ahead and kind yeah. of find out, like, hey, like, what's the protocol? Um, what happens if I go into labor at night? I, You know, both both times I had evening, evening uh, times where I went into labor, I had to go to the hospital. Find out what the protocol is. Um, and typically at night, they're very, very strict on security. So, like, they might, like, so that way you can just mentally prepare yourself. Like, okay, if I'm going into labor and delivery at night, I'm probably going to be greeted by security. At the door, it's all the lights might be out because they're not they don't have the food court open, like just kind of get that in your head. Um, You can also ask for your intake forms. A lot of hospitals now have them on the website. So like if you, you could call and ask like, is there any can you tell me exactly the information that I'm going to have to provide you that way you're not in labor. Worrying about your nausea, nausea, filling out 25 pages of paperwork. You can literally fill it out before you get there. So I, Allison, you're definitely giving like, I'm good when I'm good, but when I feel sick, I feel like crap because that's how I am. But just kind of getting, getting all that information ahead of time. And even if all you do is just drive to the hospital with that belly and you're just like, okay, like this is the parking lot. Parking's $8, it's covered. I'm gonna go through these doors. I've been through these doors before. Like, I know if I have baby at night, I know it's gonna be pretty dark, but that's okay. And kind of get that information, get get your mind right ahead of time. And I think you'll do great. Cause I puked so much and I was fine. Didn't throw up once at the hospital. Wow. Not once, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just taking over your life. I'll shut up. No, girl, oh, please, please. This is great. This is all good information. Oh, my gosh. Answer Lynn's question. Oh, I'd be so triggered. Did you see what she put? I must have missed it. Hang on.
0: It, oh. Girl. Yeah, we'll chat about that. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> okay, yeah. So Lynn said, My dad announced my pregnancy on Facebook before me, and I'm still holding a grudge about it. This is, listen. This is why I think it's so important to have conversations with your loved ones and set expectations in advance. So now we're about to have baby or, you know, soon, right? Or maybe you're not, I don't know. I don't, I get all the names confused. Um. So we're going to have baby. So make sure everybody knows, say, hey, no one's allowed to post anything until I say so. No one's allowed to post until after you see me post no one's allowed to post at all right so make sure you're setting expectations with your loved ones about even simple stuff like that posting on facebook um i know it it might sound silly but then we avoid situations like this where now you feel like that was stolen from you right and that is just something that i think is very upsetting and something that we have to grieve and something that we have to have conversations about right i'm assuming you want to continue a relationship with your dad so maybe consider i don't know i don't know what you've done but like making sure we say hey this is how that made me feel this is how i would like you to approach things in the future um and stuff like that what is that how cute Thank you.
1: (laughs) So cute. If you, if I may, I have a suggestion that works, that works pretty well for my family is I, so I'm very crazy about social media and my kids being on social media and just wanting to feel empowered by like, I don't want my kids digital images and information just all over the place. And I wouldn't want someone that I'm no contact with to have intimate details about my family. So one thing I try to do is like, so my mother-in-law, so I have a group chat, like a group text group like of that. just my in-laws, me and my husband. And I send them pictures, information. So I make, I have a place on their phone where if they want, if they're like at church, church girlfriend, they want to show off. They can't from their phone. Oh, I love that. That way they feel empowered like, uh-uh, grandma has all the pictures. But then I feel empowered knowing exactly where my images are. Um, that's I been really that. helpful. That's been very helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is too, um, maybe give like a parent or whoever is special to you like a task. Like, okay, like when I go into labor, I'm going to tell you. I would like for you to wait until I've checked in, got everything good. Once I get into the hospital, I'm settled in my room, I'm comfortable, we got everything going. Please, I want you to be responsible for telling the family that I'm in the hospital and that I'm okay. It makes them feel because that's what people want. People want oh, the yeah. power and feeling like they're a part of the process. And Facebook is such an easy way to do it. But it's but it's not their place. It's your place. You're in control of Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You're in control of your kids hey i would be upset if i were you too but just ask for help don't yell at me i don't yell at you okay hey, oh please mama <laughs> dude <I'm> sweet sorry <laughs> no, um fine i have one
0: banging at the door to get in so i get it, you get it.
1: <laughs> that that can be really helpful just like hey like kind of like giving people tasks and then also if you want a story that'll make them feel really guilty i can give you one so uh, my husband's in the military, and um, so what happens a lot is like, okay, so we have to. If your husband's deployed, you have to contact the Red Cross. The Red Cross then contacts your husband's commander, and then if the commander feels like it won't um, disturb the training or the mission, then they'll tell your husband that the ba- or wife that well it has to be your husband that your husband or wife that the baby's there. What happens is Red Cross takes about two days. So what happens is people will have their baby, their friends will post it on Facebook, and then someone that's deployed with them who has a different job where they have access to Facebook or the internet will find out that they had a baby before they did. And it is bad. So it's like Facebook moves so much faster than so many other things. So I've known three people have found out that they became parents through someone else on a deployment with them so they didn't even get to be like hey guys i became a dad and they're like people are like congratulations they're like for what they're like your wife had the baby like she did so like it's happened with deaths it's happened with births so just be like hey like i want to make sure we as the parents we want to make sure we can intimately tell everyone And that is so much more reasonable to people, even though you shouldn't have to be reasonable when it's your kid. That is so much more reasonable than being like, I want to be the one to do it. He's like, listen, I just want to be able to tell people really intimately. I want to be able to tell grandma like intimately. Like I want to call her. Like I want to be able to like tell my friends from high school, you know, I want to be sensitive for people who are in infertility treatments or have had miscarriages. Like I just don't want to just like drop this information bomb and it not feel personal because this is yeah. the most personal thing I've ever done in my life. And typically people are like, okay. And then if you follow it up with, but I'll make a text group just for you. And we'll yeah. share, they'll feel like, yeah,
0: yeah. They
1: love it.
0: Oh <laughs> no, I know. Them. I'm like, people love to be involved, like for sure. I I, I do things um, like my mom, like I tell my mom, leisure they come get my kids. My mom takes the kids home and then my dad stays with the kids when my mom comes to my birth mm-hmm, and then yeah. my mom is just basically like her job is to just keep dad updated. She's making sure my babies are good and safe and all the things. And she knows that I need that. So I just, you know, as long as she doesn't tell me anything, I know my babies are good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's just something that she does. But everyone else doesn't get to know uh-uh. <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Um, my boundaries have been stepped on so many times in my personal, like I've tried to set different boundaries and have different conversations and things like that. But to protect my peace during that time, now I just, we send a picture of baby like a week later. <laughs>
1: when yeah, we're ready you're for you're years. even nicer than me. I didn't, with my second, I didn't tell anyone I was pregnant. I didn't, we didn't Oh my tell. gosh, I love it. I want to do that. We <laughs> called, my in-law found out at the hospital like 10 hours after she wow. was born we called them first wow. and we're like we had a baby <laughs> and they were like yeah. yeah and my mother-in-law I'm glad you told me this way because I don't know how to keep secrets and I have to like oh my <laughs> gosh yeah <laughs> so at yeah. least she knows like she knew she knows my mother-in-law yeah. my mother-in-law tried to have a lot of control over my wedding and I'm worried about her trying to with my baby as well oh, yes. valid yeah
0: valid. very valid um especially if there's some past overstepping situations happening so definitely have conversations in advance and just make sure everybody's on the same page and however you want to have that conversation that's totally up to you but just make sure everybody's on the same page it is your baby yeah uh when yeah. i mean the same page i mean your page honey <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah
1: and also too you can like you can tap in your husband too like for me yeah. i think a valid response is can definitely also be i'm trying to set up traditions for my family like when I have I don't know if I'll have a son I don't know if I have a daughter but I want them to feel empowered when they have kids and feel like they're in control so like I'm trying to set up family traditions now like and how we want to do it is we want to have our baby and then we are going to send out announcements or we are going to call people on the phone on FaceTime. So everyone gets to feel like they get to see the baby and we're going to like tell them the baby's name. So sometimes I feel like, at least for me, it definitely things go over more smooth when like my husband communicates to his family, what the abilities are. And when we we approach it from the vein of like the lane of like, um, you know what I mean? Like if if my my children decide to have kids, I would not want to take that moment from them on accident or on purpose. So it's like, listen, I want to be able to say, hey, this is how me and dad did it. If that works for you, you can do it that way too. But I don't want, like, I kind of want to like have a tradition where it's very much so we are sharing milestones, not virtually, but face-to-face. So maybe you guys would like to join that tradition with me and the, they i mean i don't know man it's just it's so exhausting having to be nice while you're pregnant it it's like and oh it my god it really
0: gosh. is it really is shut <laughs>
1: up. Everybody just shut really... Up. <laughs> yeah
0: i feel that yeah like i just want to do things yeah and it's like we're this is like a generation that's breaking a lot of cycles in the birth situation yes. i um, yeah. which is great. I love to see it. I love to be a part of it. I love it so much, um, but definitely our parents and our grandparents, and they did things a very different way and they didn't yeah. feel empowered in their birth situations in most, you know, in most cases when we're gathering, um, they felt very stepped on. They didn't feel like they could create boundaries surrounding anything. And they just did things, you know, I had my first baby the same way my mom had her baby, right? I had right. visitors popping in and out while I was in labor. Oh my gosh, please don't do that. No, I'm just kidding. Do whatever you want. But that was not something that was good for my peace that day but it's something that i thought was expected of me and i think breaking these cycles is is very awesome and i love i love that you're doing it i love that you're doing that work
1: too like you got it lynn like it's very and this is the thing like right now you're doing exactly what is going to make you feel supported like just try to find communities like this where you can talk to other moms like we don't know your mother-in-law We don't know, we don't know your people. So like, it's okay to like throw things at the wall with people who aren't involved and have no emotional attachment. And then you can just feel like more empowered when you actually let out what you want. Um, And, you know, letting people know, I just want this to be intimate and intimate and low stress place for me because it is healthier for me and the baby if my blood pressure is low, if my stress level is low, and I think we all want a healthy baby, I don't think we really care about having a cute post. I think the goal is a healthy baby, and sometimes that no, just kind of no. checks people into into and reality. A
0: healthy mama too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what I mean. Like, I want my yeah. low blood pressure down. I want to feel yeah. not stressed. I want to yes. have a healthy postpartum. Like, I. I Having a traumatic, having pressure and a trip is hard enough. You could have the nicest doctors and nurses and jewelers in the world, and still have a traumatic birth. Maybe it goes a long time. Maybe you have really intense tearing. Maybe um, when I had my uh, daughter, I remember um, someone on my floor had lost their baby. So like, there's things that happen that you can't control. So like, let's not add stress to things that we can control. We can control your expectations of me while i'm trying to deliver your grandchild so let's just make it positive and then you know tap in your husband like listen get check get your parents together like i don't have time for this like i'm growing up Uh, for real (laughs) like your
0: partner to do your dirty work, basically yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. for you with both the you know the staff and with um your loved ones and things like that it's it's so important it's
1: so important but Mm -hmm. it's definitely tricky because again it's like the boomers. It's like, you know how like some millennials have like, they show off with like a really nice cell phone or like a really nice view of their apartment. I feel like boomers, they're like flex is like pictures of Facebook of like their grandkids or like their okay, kids are called God, people not being allowed to post my
0: kids on the internet. Yeah, they hate it. It's still, like they still you're exist. Years later,
1: still. <laughs> yeah, it's like the kids still exist for real just because they don't exist on the internet.
0: Like, so I'm totally stealing your idea of the group chat. I love that idea. Yeah,
1: and, and it it's that. fun. It's Drive. fun because then they can just open up the group chat and mm-hmm. they can go. And, and the cool thing is, is with text messages, it has the dates. So then now like they a, can go and diary. just. Yeah, it's like a little that. journal and like you can add little things in there like, oh, like, you know, like little John took his first steps and it's like, when did mm. little John have his first steps? Like it's in the group chat, mom. Just look at the date. Yes, it's the for real. Chat. Then it's like a little journal. And then again, then when they are around their friends, they can literally be like here and you can keep the group chat. Just fact-based information. Like you don't need to put anything medical. You don't need to talk. That yeah. way if they hand the phone off to someone, they could just scroll and look at this timeline of this perfect little baby, you know, because all babies are perfect. And it it make and that makes them feel really cool. Because everyone's like, let me see. Because yes. no one's seen them online. So that's that makes them feel cool. I'm gonna go. I'm like taking over. I'm so sorry. But my, oh, my baby is like, pick me up. So um, yeah, I'm gonna go. But it was so okay. nice.
0: Yes. Let's do this again soon. I Please. loved this. Call at yes. me. Yes. All right, bye, okay.
1: ladies. Good luck in your pregnancy. Thank you.
0: Okay, I am gonna wrap this up. Do you guys have any other questions before I go? Um What do I have to tell you? I'm going to, I put these up on, well, I put one up on the podcast, but I do put these replays up on the podcast. If you happen to miss a week, um, I will be back same time, same place, um, next week on Thursday at 1 PM Eastern standard time. Um, so you can, I think the event's already up if you want to register for it. And then I do have a hospital bag list. It's in my shop. Um, it's, there's printables in there, like a pretty one. And then like one that you can kind of like fill out yourself if you want to, but my example one is in there. Um, what I totally suggest bringing to the hospital. Um, number one thing I I suggest bringing is snacks. Yes, you're welcome. Um, what else I have to tell you guys before I go? Oh, group birth, group birth prep coaching. Oh my gosh, I need to I need to practice these in the mirror or something. Group birth prep coaching is open. Um, now I'm very I am so excited for this offer. I'm able to offer it at a super affordable price point. It's going to be awesome. To get together in a group and chat with other mamas doing the same thing, and you know you can come every week, get your questions answered, talk face to face. We can talk through different fears and things like that. I can start to know more of your story. I know these little tiny lines on here are not easy um, to get your point across very very nicely. Um, So that's something I'm very excited to offer, and all of the information for that is in my bio. It's a monthly subscription, so you can come and go whenever you need to, want to, whatever. Um, You can stay for your whole pregnancy. You can come for a month. Um, It's totally up to you. And yeah, it's something that I'm highly looking forward to to doing. I think it's going to be an awesome container to do this work together um, with other like-minded people who are also striving for their perfect birth experience, whatever that looks like for them um i think that's all i have for you yeah all the info is in my bio and if you have any questions you can dm me on instagram or you can email me um and yeah i think that's it i'm looking this was awesome thank you guys for all the questions and i can't wait to do this again next week i'll talk to you guys soon thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you have any questions or takeaways i would love to hear them i would love to answer them check out the show notes for the link to the discord and head over there and post them in there. And I will get back to you. It's like texting me throughout the week. I mean, I'm not guaranteed to text back, but I am going to try my best, especially at first. So hop in there. It's a free community. It's something I'm growing. It's something that I'm super excited about. You can post your uh, bump pictures. You can post your nursery reveals. We can just have a fun space to hang out together. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And as always, happy prepping.